0: I-M.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read A-C-I-M-O-E on the drop-down. Uh, on that same top-level menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course and Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday from about nine fifteen to eleven AM Eastern time. Today we're continuing our reading in chapter twenty four Specialness and Separation with Section Four: The Forgiveness of Specialness. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day. Uh, be led again today, my friend. And it's lesson 261. God is my refuge and security. Hmm. Now, let me ask you, Lori, my favorite question of the day. Do you have one of your noetic poems to open the call this morning?
1: I do, Lemoyne. In two ways, it's a really great one from Rumi. Goes like this. Have you forgotten? You are the king's falcon. You are a ray of the beloved, a divine wonder. Stop acting so small. You are the universe in ecstatic motion. Let go of your mind and then be mindful. Close your ears and listen. The desire to know your own soul will end all other desires when you lose all sense of self the bonds of a thousand chains will vanish the eliminated life can happen now in the moments left die to your ego and become a true human being God is my refuge and security mm. amen Oh, thanks for that. That was great. Thank you. So perfect. Yes. Lori, who was that by? That's a roomy poem, Mida. And Jim, I'm glad you liked it. it. Yeah, yeah, I did. Good. Thanks. Thanks, guys.
0: Thank you, Lori. Okay. Um with us this morning I have with us in reading I have uh let's see Bran, Lori, Karen, Jessica and Patricia with us in in listening I have Kristen, Ida, Robin Marie, Harrison and Judy. Is there anyone else who's joined us who would like to say good morning or join the reading list?
2: Good morning, good morning. This is Lana. Good morning, everyone. Um, I can read today.
0: Great, Lana. Thank you. All right. I'll go ahead and get us started then. Um, chapter 24, section 4, The Forgiveness of Specialness. Forgiveness is the end of specialness. Only illusions can be forgiven and then they disappear. Forgiveness is released from all illusions and that is why it is impossible but partly to forgive. No one who clings to one illusion can see himself as sinless for he holds one error to himself as lovely still. And so he calls it, quote, unforgivable and makes it sin. How can he then give his forgiveness wholly when he would not receive it for himself. For it is sure he would receive it wholly the instant he gave it so. And thus his secret guilt would disappear, forgiven by himself. And friend? Section 4,
1: The Forgiveness of Specialness paragraph 26. Forgiveness is the end of specialness. Only illusions can be forgiven and then they disappear. Forgiveness is released from all illusions and that is why it is impossible but partly to forgive. No one who clings to one illusion can see himself as sinless for he holds one error to himself as lovely still. And so he calls it Unquote unforgivable and makes it sin. How can he then give his forgiveness wholly when he would not receive it for himself? For it is sure he would receive it wholly the instant that he gave it so, unless his secret guilt would disappear, forgiven by himself. 27. Whatever form of specialness you cherish, you have made sin. inviolate it stands. Strongly defended with all your puny might against the will of God. thus it stands against yourself, your enemy, not God's. So does it seem to split you off from God and make you suffer from him as its defender. You would protect what God created not. And yet this idol that seems to give you power has taken it away. For you have given your brother's birthright to it. Leaving him alone and unforgiven, and yourself in sin beside him, both in misery before the idol that can save you not.
0: Thank you, Pran and Lori.
1: 27. Whatever form of specialness you cherish, you have made sin inviolate it stands strongly defended with all your puny might against the will of God and thus it stands against yourself your enemy not God's so does it seem to split you off from God and make you separate from him as its defender you would protect what God created not and yet this idol that seems to give you power has taken it away for you have given your brother's birthright to it, leaving him alone and unforgiven, and yourself in sin beside him, both in misery before the idol that can save you not. twenty eighth. It is not you it is not you that is so vulnerable and open to attack, that just a word, a little whisper that you do not like. A circumstance that suits you not or an event that you did not anticipate upsets your world and hurls it into chaos truth is not frail illusions leave it perfectly unmoved and undisturbed but specialness is not the truth in you it can be thrown off balance by anything what rests on nothing never can be stable however large and overblown it seems to be, is still must rock and turn and twirl about with every breeze.
0: Thank you, Lori. And Karen?
3: 28. It is not you that is so vulnerable and open to attack. That just a word, a little whisper that you do not like, a circumstance that suits you not, or an event that you did not anticipate, upsets your world and hurls it into chaos? Truth is not frail. Illusions leave it perfectly unmoved and undisturbed. But specialness is not the truth in you. It can be thrown off. Balanced by anything, what rests on nothing never can be stable. However large and overblown it seems to be, it still must rock and turn and whirl about you with every breeze. Twenty-nine. Without foundation, nothing is secure. What God would have left? Excuse me. Would God have left His Son in such a state? Where safety has no meaning? No, his son is safe, resting on him. It is your specialness that is attacked by everything, that walks and breathes or creeps or crawls or even lives at all. Nothing is safe from its attack, and it is safe from nothing. It will forevermore be unforgiving, for that is what it is, a secret vow that what God wants for you will never be, and that you will oppose his will forever. Nor is it possible the two can ever be the same, while specialness stands like a flaming sword of death between them and makes them, quote unquote, enemies.
0: Thank you, Karen and Jessica.
1: 29. Without foundation, nothing is secure. Would God have left his son in such a state where safety has no meaning? No. His son is safe, resting on him. It is your specialness that is attacked by everything that walks and breathes or creeps or crawls or even lives at all. Nothing is safe from its attack, and it is safe from nothing. It will forever be unforgiving, for that is what it is, a secret vow that what God wants for you will never be, and that you will oppose his will forever. Nor is it possible the two can ever be the same, while specialness stands like a flaming sword of death between them and makes them, quote, enemies. God asks for your forgiveness. He would have no separation, like an alien will rise between what he wills for you and what you will. They are the same, for neither one wills specialness. How could they will the death of love itself? Yet they are powerless to make attack upon illusions. They are not bodies. As one mind, they wait for all illusions to be brought to them and left behind. Salvation
2: challenges
1: not even death. And God himself, who knows that death is not your will, must say, quote, Thy will be done, because you think it is.
0: Thank you, Jessica and Patricia.
1: 30. God asks for your forgiveness. He would have no separation. Like an alien will rise between what he wills for you and what you will. They are the same. For neither one wills specialness. How could they will the death of love itself? Yet they are powerless to make attack upon illusions. They are not bodies. As one mind, they wait for all illusions to be brought to them and left behind. Salvation challenges not even death. And God himself, who knows that death is not your will, must say, Thy will be done because you think it is. 31. Forgive the great creator of the universe, the source of life, of love and holiness, the perfect Father of a perfect son for your illusions of your specialness. Here is the hell you choose to be your home. He chose not this for you. Ask not he enter this. The way is barred to love and to salvation. Yet, if you would release your brother from the depths of hell, you have forgiven him whose will it is. You rest forever in the arms of peace, in perfect safety and without the heat and malice of one thought of specialness to mar your rest. Forgive the Holy One the specialness he could not give and which you made instead.
0: Thank you, Patricia and Lana.
2: Okay, 31. Forgive the great creator of the universe, the source of life, of love and holiness, the perfect father of a perfect son, for your illusions of your specialness. Here is the hell you choose, you chose to be your home. He chose not this for you. As not he enter this. The way is barred to love and to salvation. Yet if you would release your brother from the depths of hell, you have forgiven him, whose will it is you rest forever in the arms of peace in perfect safety and without the heat and malice of one thought of specialness to mar your rest. Forgive the Holy One, the specialness he could not give and which you made instead. 32. The special ones are all asleep, surrounded by a world of loveliness they do not see. Freedom and peace and joy stand there beside the bar bar on which they sleep and call them to come forth and waken from their dream of death. Yet they hear nothing. They are lost in dreams of specialness. They hate the call that would awaken them. And they curse God because he did not make their dream reality. Curse God and die, but not by him who made not death, but only in the dream. Open your eyes a little. See the Savior God gave gave to you that you might look on him and give him back. His birthright. It is yours.
0: Thank you, Lana. And is there a new reader for 32 and 33?
4: This is Sandra. I can read.
0: Okay, let's go. Uh, Sandra and then Robin Murray. Okay. Go ahead, Sandra.
4: 32. The special ones are all asleep, surrounded by a world of loveliness they do not see. Freedom and peace and joy stand there beside the bear on which they sleep and call them to come forth and waken from their dream of death. Yet they hear nothing. They are lost in dreams of specialness. They hate the call that would awaken them, and they curse God because he did not make their dream reality. Curse God and die, but not by him who made not death, but only in the dream. Open your eyes a little. See the Savior God gave to you, that you might look on him and give him back his birthright. It is yours. 33. The slaves of specialness will yet be free. Such is the will of God and of his Son. Would God condemn himself to hell and to damnation? And do you will that this be done unto your Savior? God calls to you from him him to join his will to save you both from hell. Look on the print of nails upon his hands that he holds out for your forgiveness. God asks your mercy on his son and on himself. Deny them not. They ask of you, but that your will be done. Hmm. They ask of you, but that your will be done. They seek your love, that you may love yourself. They seek your love, that you may love yourself. Love not your specialness instead of them. The print of nails are on your hands as well. Forgive your father. It was not his will that you be crucified.
0: Thank you, Sandra. And I believe I heard Robin Murray. Would you like to conclude with 33? 33.
4: 33. The slaves of specialness will yet be
1: free, such is the will of God and of his Son. Would God condemn himself to hell and to damnation? And do you will that this be done unto your Savior? God calls to you from him to join his will, to save you both from hell. Look on the print of nails upon his hands that he holds out for your forgiveness, God asks your mercy on his son and on himself. Deny them not. They ask of you, but that your will be done. For they seek your love, that you may love yourself. Love not your specialness instead of
4: them. The
1: print of nails are on your hands as well.
4: Forgive your father. It was not his will that you be crucified.
0: Thank you, Robin Murray. And uh we have a good fifteen minutes before the top of the hour. Um <laughs> kinda of got this whole <laughs> lecture and lined up with a lot of other readings last night and uh I think I, I think to spare you <laughs> and uh Offer to read this again, uh, one paragraph at a time. Is, are you, are the readers up for that? Oh, oh you're
1: yeah, I oh, love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: yeah, yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm thinking. Uh, I'll pretty much reverse the order. but uh uh um shift Robin Marie uh, back towards the end. Okay. So um I'm will just call us out in reverse order. Uh Sandra, would you go first and read the title in twenty six?
4: Chapter twenty four Specialness and Separation Part four The Forgiveness of Specialness Forgiveness is the end of specialness. Only illusions can be forgiven, and they and then they disappear. Forgiveness is released from all illusions, and that is why it is impossible but partly to forgive. No one who clings to one illusion can see himself as sinless, for he holds one error to himself as lovely as lovely still. And so he calls it unforgivable and makes it sin. How can he then give his forgiveness wholly when he would not receive it for himself? For it is sure he would receive it wholly the instant that he gave it so. And thus his secret guilt would disappear, forgiven by himself.
0: Thank you, Sandra. Lana?
2: Okay, 27. Whatever form of specialness you cherish, you have made sin. Inviolet it stands, strongly defended with all your puny might against the will of God. And thus it it stands against yourself, your enemy, not God's. So does it seem to split you off from God and make you separate from him as its defender. You would protect what God created not. And yet this idol that seems to give You power has taken it away. For you have given your brother's birthright to it, leaving him alone and unforgiven, and yourself in sin beside him, both in misery, before the idol, how are you in meditation?
4: Come
0: on, you're on mute. Come on. I think you're <laughs> <laughs> thank, you. <laughs> thank you, Tonda. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I I d first let me let me check this. Ida, can you hear us? Yeah, I guess I guess not. Okay. Um I just probably why she Thought we were on meditation. Okay. <laughs> Um, I got confused. Okay. (laughs) Oh.
4: We're on 27 for the next reader.
0: Yeah, 20, Lana read 27. I was thinking to, uh, Lana, would you read that last long sentence again? And then we'll we'll go back. Oh,
2: sure. Sure, okay. I'll just start with you would protect what God created not. And yet, this idol that seems to give you power has taken it away. For you have given your brother's birthright to it, leaving him alone and unforgiven, and yourself in sin beside him, both in misery before the idol. That can save you not.
0: Perfect, Ida. Or sorry, perfect, Lana. Thank you. And Patricia, do you read 28?
1: 28. It is not you that is so vulnerable and open to attack that just a word, a little whisper. That you do not like, a circumstance that suits you not, or an event that you did not anticipate upsets your world and hurts it into chaos. Truth is not frail, illusions leave it perfectly unmoved, and undisturbed. But specialness is not the truth in you. It can be thrown off balance by anything. What rests on nothing never can be stable. However, however large and overblown it seems to be, it still must rock and turn and whirl about with every breeze. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Patricia. And Jessica. <coughs>
1: Oh, gosh. Hold on a second.
0: Okay. 29.
4: Okay. Yeah.
1: 29. Without foundation... Oh, nothing is secure. Wait. Would God have left his son in such a state where safety has no meaning? No. His son is safe, resting on him. It is your specialness that is attacked by everything that walks, and breathes, or creeps, or crawls, or even lives at all. Nothing is safe from its attack, and it is safe from nothing. It will forever be more, be. it will more be unforgiving, for that is what it is, a secret vow that what God wants for you will never be, and that you will oppose his will forever. Nor is it possible the two can ever be the same while specialness stands like a flaming sword
2: of death between them and makes them, quote, enemies.
0: Thank you, Jessica and Karen.
3: 30. God asks for your forgiveness. He would have no separation, like an alien will rise between what he wills for you and what you will. They are the same, for neither one wills specialness. How could they will the death of love itself? Yet they are powerless to make attack upon illusions. They are not bodies, as one mind. They wait for all illusions to be brought to them and left behind. Elvasin challenge is not even death, and God Himself, who knows that death is not your will, must say, quote, Thy will be done because you think it is unquote.
0: Thank you, Karen. And Laurie.
1: Forgive the great creator
4: of the universe,
1: the source of life, of love, of holiness, the perfect father of a perfect son for your illusions of your specialness. Here is the hell you chose to be your home. He chose not this for you. Ask not he enter this. The way is barred to love and to salvation. Yet, if you would release your brother from the depths of hell, you have forgiven him whose will it is you rest forever in the arms of peace, in perfect safety, and without the heat and malice of one thought of specialness to mar your rest. Forgive the Holy One the specialness he could not give which you made instead.
0: Thank you, Laurie, And Fran.
1: 32. The special ones are all asleep, surrounded by a world of loveliness they do not see. Freedom and peace and joy stand there beside the bar on which they sleep and call them to come forth and waken from their dream of death. Yet they hear nothing. They are lost in dreams of specialness. They hate the call that would awaken them and they curse God because he did not make their dream reality. Curse God and die, but not by him who made not death, but only in the dream. Open your eyes a little. See the savior God gave to you that you may look on him and give him back his birthright it is yours.
0: Well, thank you, Bran and Robin Marie.
3: 33 The
1: slaves of specialness will yet be free. Such is the will of God and of his son. Would God condemn himself to hell and to damnation? And do you will that this be done unto your Savior? God calls to you from him to join his will to save you both from hell. Look on the print of nails upon his hands that he holds out for your forgiveness. God asks your mercy on his son and on himself. Deny them not, They ask of you but that your will be done. They seek your love that you may love yourself. Love not your specialness instead of them. The print of nails are on your hands as well. Forgive your Father. It was not his will that you be crucified.
0: Thank you, Robin Marie. And all who read this morning, everyone who's here and listening, and uh, we're right up to the top of the hour. So uh, I ask you give your attention to Fran as she leads us through today's lesson and the new new thought for the next ten days. Please go ahead, Fran.
1: Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and we're on a new theme, What is the Body? And today's lesson is Lesson 261, God is my refuge and security. So I shall read some from What is the Body, and then we will go over to our lesson and do our five-minute practice. Okay. What is the body? The body is a fence. The Son of God imagines he has built the separate parts of himself from other parts. It is within this fence he thinks he lives, to die as it decays and crumbles. For within this fence he thinks that he is safe from love. The body will not stay. Yet this he sees as double, quote unquote, safety. For the Son of God's impermanence is, quote unquote, proof. His senses work and do the task his mind's assigned to them. The body is a dream. Like other dreams, it is sometimes seems to picture happiness but can quite suddenly revert to fear, where every dream is born. For only love creates in truth, and truth can never fear. The body is the means by which God's Son returns to sanity though it was made to fence him into hell without escape, yet has the goal of heaven been exchanged for the pursuit of hell. You will identify with what you think will make you safe. Whatever it may be, you will believe that it is one with you. Your safety lies in truth and not in lies. Love is your safety. Fear does not exist. Identify with love, And you are safe. Identify with love and you are home. Identify with love and find your true self. I will go over to the lesson. Lesson 261 God is my refuge and security. I will identify with what I think is refuge and security. I will behold myself where I perceive my strength. And think I live within the citadel where I am safe and cannot be attacked. Let me today seek not security in danger, nor attempt to find my peace in murderous attack. I live in God. In Him I find my refuge and my strength. In Him is my identity. In Him is everlasting peace. And only there... Will I remember who I really am let me not seek for idols I would come my father home to you today I choose to be as you created me and find the son whom you created as myself God is my refuge and security five minutes Lesson 261 God is my refuge and security. Amen. Thank you, friend. Thank you, friend. Oh, thank you, friend.
2: Thank you, friend.
3: Thank
2: you, guys. Good morning, everyone. Gosh, that was a wonderful lesson and and also the reading. Um, I woke up a little late this morning, and um, usually my day starts (laughs) with the meditation and um, some meditative writing with Jesus. And um, because I was short on time, I just decided to go read uh, the lesson in the text but uh, as I started, <laughs> um, I was interrupted by Jesus and guided to write. And it was just a short little message today, maybe a couple paragraphs. But um, after I read the text, it was like, wow, you really summed it up really wonderful. Um, so if you don't mind, I'd like to read it, you know, before we get started in our dialogue about it. Um, is that okay with everyone?
4: be great
1: with love me. It. I'd love it. Sounds yeah. great. You bet. Okay.
2: Good. Okay. Um, it starts out, remind yourself often, I am not my specialness. Specialness is of the ego, not of you. To anything that, points to imperfection, simply say with firm conviction, I'm not that. I am the son of God. Forgive God for not allowing you to be special or different from your brothers. Forgive God for not valuing you as unique. Forgive God for not allowing the world and your brothers to see you as special. In God's eyes, all his children are equally special which makes no son of God special, above or below the perfection in their creation. Forgive yourself for judging God to be someone he is not. Forgive the world Forgive your brothers and sisters for not seeing you as special. You are as God created you, perfect. <laughs> that and that's that was the end of it. So um it really turned out to me this reading to be um or this text section to be all about forgiveness, especially ourselves and our creators and our brothers. I'm complete. Thank you for listening.
1: Oh, thank you Thanks, for bringing Lana. that, Lana. Thank you, Lana. I oh, thank, you. Think
3: thank you, Lana.
0: That's
3: Lana. Really great.
1: Thank you, Lana. I would love to have a copy of that. It's... It, it so sums up the reading and the lesson together, and I love the way it's a prayer, you know, and it's like a a reminder that I really, really need today.
2: Oh, I'll whip it off to you as soon as I type it up. <laughs> it still um, scribbles on a piece of paper, but I'll I will type it up this morning and and send off to you, Jessica. I'd be happy to. And I'll probably be posting it sometime today, anyway, on Facebook. So thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, sweetheart.
0: Yeah, thank you, Lana. That, that brought out a you know, lovely and personal, practical form what I had thought to, to do by reading chap, the first chapter, of sorry, the first paragraph of chapter six in A Course of Love, where he also talks of this thing that forgiving God.
2: <laughs> oh, yes, I forgot about that. Thanks, LeMoyne, it does.
0: But it get that, what's that? What's that, uh, what are we supposed to do when there's any thought of specialness? There was like one clear instruction there. Or more than one, but...
2: Oh, to anything that points to imperfection, simply say with firm conviction, I'm not that, I am the son of God. It begins by saying, remind yourself often I am not my specialness. (laughs) Specialness is of the ego, not of you. Another case of misidentification of self.
4: (laughs) Good morning, this is Sandra. And God is my refuge and security. Not my specialness. You know, it's interesting as I've gone through this journey, I I noticed in myself that sometimes I used the trauma that I experienced as specialness. And then I found that, as I noticed this in others, and I wondered if I was doing it myself, was that there was a, sort of a competition on who had the most trauma. And... Um, And I thought, you know, Jesus doesn't want to be identified with the crucifixion. Jesus wanted to be identified with the resurrection. He didn't say, I am the crucifixion. He said, I am the resurrection and the life, which is exactly what Lana was talking about, that that we are the perfection. And when I focus in on, on the imperfection, on possibly an illness, or an emotional drama or an emotional trauma or any of that stuff that that I'm identifying with my specialness so it's just something that I noticed about myself and I am I am I am not a victim I am not a scapegoat which is I was born on Easter Sunday and somehow I took on Uh, Even though I'm Jewish, I was born and raised Jewish, I took on scapegoat. (laughs) Don't ask me how I did that, but I did. And I identified with being a scapegoat. And, And I am not a scapegoat. That's not who I am. I am the resurrection and the life. I'm complete.
1: Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. That's Amen, yours, John. Uh, the you. resurrection and the Amen. That's great. <laughs> oh, good morning, guys. I have um some some real higher reasoning and 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 logic that my meditations have circled me through this morning and um the lesson and and of course the. Introduction to the Next Ten Lessons, I Am Not a Body, Um, that I, I don't know where to, uh, it's a big circle, so I can start anywhere, that um, idea of to give and receive um, came to me, are one and the same in truth. And then what is given, what is given me, that God gave me himself, and he gave himself to everything and everyone. And this is why nothing is special. We're all equal and the same. And then I was contemplating um, the first lesson of the Holy Spirit that teaches us to have all, give all to all. And and then the thought occurred to me that how could I believe that to know God or to know myself in truth, except if I only gave all of myself, without withholding anything at all, to give all to all, to know I have all, and it's um, giving, giving of myself as an idea, and you know here come here I come, circling back to this body idea that, you know the body is the limit on love. I can't be every place with everybody I want to be with or or care to be with. I mean, just, you know, it's, it's such an obvious limitation. But my mind is not limited by space or time. And I love this, um, this idea of being Christ consciousness. Consciousness that is aware of everything. And it's, prior to even the idea of space or time because it is it's always been it is now and it always will be changelessly and here i'm coming around again to the lesson the lesson where my my safety and my security my refuge where i'm at home and what i am what i am that sacred phrase be still Be still. A tranquil mind is no small gift. This is God's gift to me. I have a tranquil mind from which everything appears and disappears. It is within my consciousness including Judy in and as her body. I am the knower of myself. And this is my true self, to which I will be true, that I am not sim- a simple puny little thing. I am the mighty mind of God himself and that I would not limit myself nor the limit the awareness of my reality, my capital reality, that I am purely mind in the one-mindedness of God, which... Uh, is aware which knows, capital knows everything as its capital self. I am that. I am the capital that. Capital that is what I am. And boy, oh boy, it's just been a very powerful, very powerful morning to me. And I, I don't... It's like my body is is in a, in a, in and among the house and all the furniture and in all the space and all the world and all the universe today, but I'm really feeling the oneness and um Lori, I just love that poem by Rumi. It really jibed with <laughs> my experiencing this morning um experiencing my oneness and um Never again will I believe that love costs anything less than all of me it 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 It's all of me, so I give all of myself wherever I think I am, <laughs> which is a whole lot of puny nothing by comparison in order to know I have all uh, great exchange this morning. thanks guys for giving me uh, an ear. <laughs> I love you, and have a joyful day. Oh, thank, thank you, you Judy. Judy.
4: Thank
1: you. Thank, thank you, Judy. Judy.
4: Joyful day to you.
1: They also yes. say that in, in Sanskrit. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Om chat Sat. I am that. I'm complete. Thank you. Ida. Has, thank you, Ida. It's so funny how empty my head feels. I'm totally empty this morning. <laughs> and a spaceless, placeless, empty openness an openness that welcomes everything as itself. Thank you. I hope you still know.
4: I feel pretty empty, too. But... (laughs)
1: They haven't served breakfast yet. So,
3: <laughs> anyway.
4: Good morning, um,
1: Jessica. Oh, I'll wait till you're done, Jessica. Okay. Um. Yeah, um, the lesson and the reading today have been so powerfully exactly what I have needed. And I just that the first paragraph just brought a lot of tears because it just came exactly to the space that I was struggling with. Um, in the middle of that paragraph, He says, no one who clings to one illusion can see himself as sinless, for he holds one error to himself as lovely still. And so he calls it unforgivable and makes it sin. And that's exactly what I was doing. I was feeling guilty about something that I, um, you know, was, was, turning into an idol, you know, just something that I thought I needed to get. And, um, and I was sort of like, I've been in this battle about it, like, well, you don't really need that. No, just let it go. You don't need that. That's, that's an idol. And then I would, you know, take it back and say, no, I think I really do need that. (laughs) I really want that because it's just, you know, going to make me feel better and it's going to make me look better. And, and, and I was feeling so guilty about it that it just that I couldn't let it go. And here he says, how can he then give his forgiveness wholly when he would not receive it for himself? I wasn't forgiving myself that I was holding on to this illusion of specialness that I would have if I had this thing. Uh, for it is sure he would receive it wholly the instant that he gave it so. And thus his secret guilt
4: would disappear. So I don't have to give up the idol. I have to forgive the fact that I have this idol. Um, Which is, you know, it's it's like he, he does this so many times in this course where you think you have to do these things and you actually only have to do this one little step that comes before that. And the Holy Spirit. And God will help with the rest of it.
1: So that's what what was a, a tremendous gift to me today.
2: Thank you, guys. Oh, thank you, Jessica. That was lovely. Uh, yeah, thank you, Jessica. <laughs> thank you, Jessica.
1: I think that's what I saw so clearly. Thank you, Jessica. Um, can I just say something, Judy? Yes. It, I saw so clearly this morning that there's nothing to take because we're given everything. Everything is already given us. So there's nothing to take. There's nothing, absolutely nothing that we need or, or could want or t- to take from anyone or anything because we already are everything. And that's what I thought so clearly this morning, that I am complete and whole in my one relationship. In oneness, there's nothing to choose between. There's nothing to want or need, because in oneness, I already am everything. There's nothing to take. It's all just to be received and acknowledged as myself, my capital self. I am everything already. What do I need to take? What do I need? What do I want? What can I want or need to take? There's no taking anything. I already have everything. (laughs) I saw it so clearly this morning. I don't know if that's clear, but it was real clear to me this morning. (laughs) Thank Thank you
0: yeah thank you Judy yeah
1: thank you
0: Judy. to have Thanks,
1: Judy. all good morning to
0: have good morning. all all to all that's a recipe for sharing to complete sharing yes it sure anyway. is um Mindy please go ahead <laughs> no,
1: thank you I have a longer show but I'm going to save it um I got a aha that was short and sweet when Jessica and Judy were talking um It says, yesterday is, I. let me remember, I am as God created me. And if I am as God created me, I'm innocent, pure, wholly loved, protected, one. I'm not special. There's nothing keeping me from being one with God. Therefore, of course I find my refuge in God. I'm like a puzzle piece that fits back together with the puzzle, (laughs) with God, the main puzzle piece. Um, and it occurs to me that the desire for specialness simply comes from, as Judy said, I am one with God. But the desire for specialness simply comes from a feeling, belief, experience, thought that I'm not enough. And uh, we try to, we try to uh, add something on so that we will be loved and accepted by others, by ourselves, by God. And uh, when I can let go of the monkey mind telling me I need to be something more, <laughs> as my cat plays and knocks things off my shelf, <laughs> <laughs> then I know that it's really okay. And um, actually, actually, and I will save my other thoughts for later when I'm a little more awake and can can share it. I slept in today, but I just have this lovely cat who eats too much. He's really fat. He keeps pushing past other people, other kitties to try and get to food or where he wants to go, and he keeps jumping up on me when I'm sitting in my special chair, and I have all these wonderful things on the shelf next to me, and he, he jumps up. He, he he eats a lot, and I'm getting it's because he especially wants to eat if I've left him outside all night. He wants to fill himself up with something um, because he's not feeling loved or belonging. and. And sometimes I get really upset with him for jumping up on me when I'm trying to get up or do something and knocking things off my shelf and trying to be more organized. But the joy that he gives me when he jumps on me and just says, pet me, pet me, and purrs and rubs, it's like all this other stuff, these imperfections, they don't matter because he has special love. I love the way he knocks things off. He's so much fun. He's showing mom, hey, mom, look. Look at me. I'm a good hunter. Let me grab that and pull it off the table and grab that. And when I understand where he's coming from, I don't get annoyed. And also, I don't need to be perfect. Um, God loves me the way I am. I am as God created me. I will be accepted no matter whether I'm perfect or not. And, uh, he, you know, I get mad at him because he's like, I'm trying to be neater, you little kid. You are. You keep doing this to me. And I'm going, oh, my God. I would much rather have stuff on the floor. And the love of this little pudgy guy. <laughs> than a neat shelf. <laughs> I'm complete. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Mindy.
3: Thank you, Mindy. Good morning, it's Karen. Um what a very interesting meditation this morning. Um, we started with what is the body? And I felt like, okay, the body is what gives me this sense of specialness, because it reinforces my separation. I have my body, it's different from everything, everyone else's. So to some extent, whether I hate it or I love it, it's special, because it's mine and it's unique. And I went into meditate when I was in meditation, I realized, well, the body is really defense. I drew around a circle of God and I filled it up with all my interpretations, all my thought forms, all my memories, all my feelings, everything I've evaluated, all my beliefs, everything I take away from what I've experienced, everything I haven't healed or processed or forgiven. And um, then I went deeper, and as I went deeper, I was feeling like we are in one body of the Christ when we're in our spiritual true self and nothing is separate we're just in the one spiritual true self and that's a that's like a body i mean it's it is like a a unified force there's a game it's called the angel game the transformation game and the game goes like this it's like monopoly game you go around the board You start at a physical body, and you have to achieve, like, enough insights, enough um, spiritual awareness to get to the next level, and the next level is the emotional body, and you have to go around the board and around it. You can get pain on the board, on the game. You can get um, universal feedback on the board, and you pull a card, and it's like the, the angels are telling you, you know, what your lesson is, And again, you have to have a certain amount of insights and a certain amount of awareness before you can go to the next level, which is the mental plane, but they mean the ego mental plane. And then you get to the spiritual plane. And today in meditation, when we meditate together, it feels like the the Christ light, the power of the Holy Spirit comes down and expands. And there's the spacious self full of Christ light, full of light full of power, and you know it's purity, and it's innocence and perfection, and the, the sense of God is that that's what A Course in Miracles is doing, it's building our awareness of our Christ self in that body, and if we hold that Christ self, it will purify the other lower levels, the, the, the ego body, the ego emotion. Physical body and ego mind. The ego mind believes in separation. The ego um, emotions are like this negative repertoire of, you know, being hurt, being um, angry, being all those negative ones, right? And the physical body is like this this density that we lose our awareness of more and more as the light purifies it and the vibration of it rises the vibratory rate is elevated more and more and more we come into our, our light body it's just our light body fills the other bodies with more and more and more of the Christ and um, I was experiencing kind of like irritation and anger and, I'm tr- and forgiveness means to just offer that to the Holy Spirit when it's happening i'm not resisting it but i'm not empowering it I'm not taking it seriously or believing that it's that it's real it's not real it's an illusion but it's still it's it's like globbed onto my cells my inner cells be them subtle you know subtle rea- reality metaphysical reality or or energy reality as opposed to physical reality it doesn't matter but that's where that that idea of pass through comes in. When the emotions come in, I have to allow them to pass through. And that's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is offering it to the Holy Spirit to be undone, to be released, to be healed in the light of Christ, in the truth of Christ. So the Christ body is what The Course in Miracles is creating, building, and establishing in all of us. But it's not separate. It's only one body. We are all the same. Without differences, I think that's enough. Thank you. I'm complete. Oh, how lovely!
2: Thank you so much, Karen.
4: Thank you. Yes, thank you. and everything you said, I really appreciated.
2: Hi, it's Lana. Um, you know, your share, Karen, reminded me of um. Something Jesus told me a while back I was You know, when I think of the word Perfection um, I notice that um, For me For everyone um, I've given a definition Of what I think Is perfection And I think everyone Has their own unique definition Of what perfection looks like <laughs> And um and I asked Jesus, "What is perfection?" And the simple answer was, um, "Perfection is the absence of anything that's not true, And that pretty much summed it up for me. He didn't give it as um, any attributes other than other than what is true and and I can only rely on God of my Holy Spirit to show me what it is the minute I go and try to define it I never measure up because I, I never measure up to my idea of perfection and it's it's like you were saying I, I think I wish you Karen where perfection is acceptance of what is and um, it's not trying to change it or modify it to fit any definition the thinking mind has conjured up about it. Um, it. You know, I can go to, well, perfection is love, and that may be true, but then I have to recognize how how have I defined love? The same could be said about reality. Um, how can I um, define reality. I can't. I can only share my beliefs about what I've decided and defined reality to be. You know, it's, it's um, so in discernment of what is true and what is not, I pretty much have to depend on Holy Spirit to show me it. Because once I go into my memory bank of all the definitions and the meanings I've given to certain words and certain um, appearances and and experiences I'm always going to be on I'm never going to measure up (laughs) you know it's it's like in painting you know if someone told me to paint the perfect tree well the perfect tree is never Perfect as far as what I would imagine it to be you know it would be symmetrical and there wouldn't be any dead leaves or broken branches and um, or anything that would mar its perfection as I define perfection Uh, a perfect tree is whatever it is at that moment you know it has a perfect tree if I went into the forest you know, I wouldn't find a perfect tree as I define it. I would, But I would find, but everything in God's creation is perfect. So in the acceptance that of I'm perfect just the way I am, um, I, I find um, a freedom. You know, it's not a measuring up to. It's just seeing it. As it is, as it was created, seeing myself that way And accepting that as being perfect You know, I shared before about my little modification To I am as God created me I add in, and this is what it looks like now <laughs> Because at any given moment, that can change But the foundation of who I am You know, as God created me is always perfect Not because of what it looks like but because of what it is, a creation of God. So kind of takes the heat off, you know, about measuring up um, um, based on a false definition that I've assigned to everything I perceive in this world. So anyhow, I'll, I'll, I'm complete. Thank you
0: for listening. <clears throat> Thank you, Lana. (laughs) Perfection of imperfection. Thank you. Yes.
2: Thank you, Lana. Thank
1: you, Lana. hi it's jude i have um, thank you for the last few shares It's um these ideas that are coming to me um, started with Karen's share just about the levels um, you know when the the course teaches us that we come from the you know the lowest level of 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 perception from the body and the individual person's point of view, which she- co- what she covered um, you know it's holding personal beliefs and ideas and thoughts and things as being mine, the idea of ownership and the idea that I'm in competition that I compare myself to other things, and I assign the hierarchy of value and you know and learning how the ego thought system thinks in that way. And then learning to let it go by learning um, that I can let go of those things, um, the importance and value of things as being valuable because they are temporal and they are changing. And the Course teaches us the value. The only value of anything is the love that we give to it because only love is eternal, only love is is true and and that is the is, is the goodness in us that is the godness in us that only loving thoughts are true and this morning i i went I went through you know I flipped through the book sometimes and my my eyes light upon search um, and lessons and my eyes lit upon the two two review sections where Um, it repeatedly states, I am not a body, I am as God created me. And then the second one, that review that states, my mind holds only the thoughts I hold with God. My mind is very holy. I think only the thoughts that I hold with God. And, um, you know, that we're coming towards the end of the book and towards a greater understanding that we are that oneself. self capital self, that we are the one son, capital son of God, that that one son, capital son is all of creation, being, and it's beingness, and it's knowing itself, capital knowledge, and the difference between, which we've read over and over, the difference between perception and knowledge, and the end of perception. The end of perception is the end of learning, of letting the world teach me who I am through what I perceive through the body's eyes, that I no longer believe in the second-hand knowledge that tells me I was born and I was a body and I was given a name and, you know, I am what, what I learned in school. I am my experiences and I am my thoughts and my beliefs and, you know, all, all that. I claim it's my own um that ownership in and of itself is a it's a concept of the ego's making and um you know what would I limit myself to now that I wouldn't limit myself to to any of that limited kind of thinking? I think it's um the point that I'm coming to or that is coming to me. That the truth is coming to me when I let go, um, In this, uh, letting go of all that I'm not, all that I, I used to think, all that I used to believe, all that I've learned from the world. Um, letting go of myself as I thought I was, who I used to think I was, that I was a Judy in a body and that's what, what and who I was. Um, I'm no longer limited to that perception of an image, a self-image, a self-made image, a self-made special idol of my own making. Um, the, the specialness that Judy thought she was um, was really, you know, such a little itty-bitty part of, of who God created me to know, capital know, my capital self to be actual capital B, the beingness of one with everything. That is, um, it's a, I think that's what we call an awakening. awakening. And um, Karen, I'm going to say, you began me with this circle of thought, and I'm going to end it with what you said, um, knowing that we are the incredible lightness of being. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, guys. It's been a great call. <laughs>
4: Thank you, Jesus. I have to tell you something. You may have heard it before.
1: A Buddhist guy walked into a diner, and the the guy the guy in, in front of the restaurant says, "What what kind of sandwich do you want?" And he says,
4: "Make me one with everything." That's all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's great, Ida. Just never forget there's only one. What else is there to decide or choose or pick between or against or for?
3: (laughs) Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Judy, for your share. I I just had a couple thoughts to add real quick. Um, I want to give time to... Lori and Lemoyne and everyone who hasn't shared, but I just wanted to say um, it feels like, and it's not not a thought form. I'm not trying to analyze it and lay a paradigm on top of anything, but I struggle because I still have um, negative emotions. There's a line in the reading in the text where it says, all of a sudden everything shifts and you're in the chaos. And that happened yesterday. My daughter um called said she was on the way to the hospital this is not my daughter with the child but the other one the one that has constant crises and when she did that I instantly I shifted into ego consciousness and I felt oh my god I just can't go through this anymore it's every single time you turn around when you feel safe calm something else comes at you you know another drama another crisis and I shifted right back okay by the grace of God but the point was, um, whatever that energy is, it needs to be exhausted or purified. And it has to, people have alluded to what is passing through. It means when you forgive it, you give it to the Holy Spirit, but you don't push it away. You don't try to, um, you know, escape in your higher self to the extent that you disassociate from what God wants to heal inside you, what you need to forgive. I mean, there's something that needs to be released, and and it's still in the way. Otherwise, it wouldn't keep coming back. Anyway, that was my point. And um, to that, I would say that because I don't do the work in the solar plexus, I have this burning infection in parts of my body and inflammation. So because I don't deal with it emotionally and now it's manifesting physically. And I'm not analyzing it. It's just kind of like almost what the truth is telling me when I'm in meditation, what the Holy Spirit is saying. You know, you've got to, got to let it pass through and let it feel it and forgive it, meaning give it to the Holy Spirit. And that's why I bring it up. I, you know, it's not intellectual understanding I'm going for. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't care about intellectual understanding. It's how do I use the course to, to clear this? How can I understand better? I'm complete. Thank you. Um, thank you for letting me get that off my chest. Oh, thank you,
0: Karen.
2: Thank you, Judy. Thank you.
0: Ah, thank you, Karen. I I hope this is helpful, but uh, I and yeah, I don't want to make an intellectual thing, but I I think in fact I I feel like this is knowledge, right? That every time that like what it talks about how our specialness leaves us vulnerable to circumstance. That you know, emotion is is always a result of a judgment. That reactive emotional response is is due to um, a, a manner in which we're unforgiving towards something greater than the circumstance. Right, like life or God or ourself or everyone else <laughs> the way people are that those are the judgments laid against those things uh, leave us prone to these emotional reactions and uh, and I agree though that the, the way to get to what actually needs to be forgiven it's not in the circumstances or the reaction And, uh, that feeling that, that really allowing ourselves to experience what that reaction is, and I'm not suggesting take it out on anybody, you know, or act it out, but to feel it, um, you can get a sense of what the underlying judgment is and, uh that is what is calling for forgiveness to release the reaction anyway yeah I hope that was helpful
3: it was thank you so much and thank you for um, validating kind of what I was trying to say thank you thank
2: you thank you thank you Yeah, that's so important. You know, Jesus gives us a key somewhere in the Course where he tells me first forgiveness, then understanding. Um,
3: I want to be able to hear you, but you're coming in too loud. Can
1: you move your mouth away from the mouthpiece just a little? You're distorted. And I I have a headache, and I I really want to hear you well today.
2: Oh, okay. Is that better?
4: better? Yes, it is.
2: Thank you. Already, um, Jesus tells us first forgiveness, then understanding. Because in truth, I can't understand anything with an unhealed mind. And even if I, even if I'm not sure of what needs to be forgiven, um, he he reminds me that um, Holy Spirit doesn't need my words. He he knows. He sees right into my heart. So, um, you know, once forgive once. I practice forgiveness or be willing, I should say, to have forgiveness heal my mind. It always brings with it a clarity and a certainty that I can recognize and know is true. And, um, you know, and through practicing that through the year, I save myself a lot of mind time thinking about what might be or what might not be. And, you know, we just learn and train ourselves to instead go right to the source, which is the mind, and heal that. And then what we were trying to understand or seek becomes clear. I know that on certain days I can read a passage in the text and it will make no sense. And then another day it's clear as a bell. And the words haven't changed. The only thing that's changed is the mind, my mind at the moment that I'm reading it. It's either clogged up and fogged out <laughs> and fuzzy and confusing or there's a, a, a peace, a subtlety that I notice which allows the words and, and the truth beyond the words to enter into my awareness. You know, and it's, um, it's, at least for me, I experience it as being really helpful um, to always be directed first towards forgiveness. And then um, everything else sort of falls into place. All those puzzle pieces (laughs) you were mentioning or someone was mentioning kind of just fall into place. And I see the totality of what I'm reading or what I'm, Pondering or contemplating or trying to figure out at that moment. So, anyhow, I'm complete. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana.
0: Thank you, Lana. Uh, Thank you, Lana.
1: And thank you, Lana, especially for being willing to be flexible. So
2: nice to hear you. Thank you. Oh,
3: Thank no, you,
2: there's,
1: there's different levels of subtlety. Um, you know, if we want to help somebody feel better, we can physically give them a hug or we can talk to them we can listen to them um, with our hearts and um, you know Jesus when he was physically here on earth he had somebody touch the tip of his robe it wasn't even his body it was just the robe he was wearing and she was healed because he was emanating all of this peace of God, apparently, you know, beyond the words even that he would say. And they were beautiful and true words that I get from the Bible. But but yeah, those are like different levels of experience where we can touch somebody, touch somebody's heart or help them to feel better
4: in a way
2: um, thank you I'm complete thank you Ida.
1: Thank you, Ida.
0: Thank you, Ida.
1: Good morning, everyone. This is Lori. Am I off mute? I am. Yeah. Um you know there's a fellow see here God is my refuge and security um the question is where does my mind go when I meditate and where is my mind anyway where does my mind go when I meditate what is my mind anyway when I um, sit with today's thought, God is my refuge and my strength, my mind goes straight home, just straight home. And, and when I feel that pull of... Uh, That powerful attraction. Of course, body awareness doesn't enter in after a while. At first, it does. First, it does, I think, breath and cause the breath. After a while, when my body relaxes, um, I realize my mind. Uh, is always home, Where else could it be? Where else could it be? Good home in God and self and and then, after a time um you know time disappears in that place isn't that lovely when time disappears <laughs> and then I, I I seem to come back to ordinary everyday awareness sitting in a chair and I'll look at my watch and wow where did the time go that stillness that presence that quiet that peace is something uh, this God's gift of awareness, you know? And and what makes me think that that's a place I have to leave when I'm aware of my body in a chair? The, the beauty of of presence is that it doesn't leave. I leave it. It doesn't leave. I leave it. And where do I go instead? Well, back to the body, this heavy old thing. <clears throat> but it need not be. This need not be. This presence can go with me everywhere, all the time. Lena, I just love when you said when something comes to you that disturbs the peace, put your hand there. That's not me put your mind there that's not me it's so easy to do you know Um, if I'm aware of it if I'm aware of it I can see it it isn't me I'm the one I'm the one who sees and what could I see instead you know in, in chapter 18 (laughs) there's <laughs> that startling word there is nothing outside you there's nothing outside you and he brings that to mind again today in today's reading the special ones think okay the body awareness that's that's a that's not who I am because it's special it's not the truth it's an illusion of myself the body awareness is just asleep Surrounded by a world of loveliness, they do not see freedom and peace and joy. Stand there beside the buyer. You know, the buyer think of Sleeping Beauty. You know, there she is. <laughs> We've all seen that fairy tale, asleep on the buyer, all free and joy and peace around her. Where is my mind when I'm when I'm in that body, trapped? The beautiful thing about forgive the creator of the universe means let go of the illusion that God did this to you. That's not true. That's not the truth of me. That's I was mistaken. I had a mistaken idea. I was sleeping. I was just sleeping. While surrounded by a world beauty they do not see this this body you know it seems like the course of miracles is asking us to denigrate it but here in this reading what is the body it says the body can lead you home body's a dream only love creates in truth and truth can never fear but we can change the purpose which the body will obey by changing what we think that it is for. You now, this body is for presence. Like, that's not to say that God lives in this body. That's not a fact. But wherever this body goes, presence goes with it. I walk with God in perfect holiness. Remember that? I walk with God in perfect holiness and the one thing we know for sure about holiness there's one thing we know he says it really clearly holiness think whole. w-h-o-l-e holiness holiness must be shared or therein lies everything that makes it holy and when I fail to see or perceive or embrace or know my own holiness I won't know the holiness of anything the opposite of specialness is holiness and holiness in fact has no opposite specialness the idea of being trapped in a body being limited by bodies if I hold my brother to his body I can't know what I am And if I hold myself to body, I can't know what I am. The body is a dream. It's not a bad thing, but when I change its purpose to holiness, I have an entirely different mission in this life. My mission changes. My purpose changes. Everything changes. Purpose unifies. When I unify my mind with presence, then holiness goes with me wherever I go. And holiness is shared. That's what makes it holy. And in the presence in the presence of holiness, um what need have I except to shine, you know? That's um that's what this life is about, carrying the presence. We're, in time, in time, um, it's so easy to lose track of presence. But am I in time, really? Am I in time when I can visit presence, my refuge and strength, holiness, love, peace, and joy? Am I in time? or do I just seem to fall back into this bodily awareness that's how it is for me I fall back into it and then I forget but the beauty of this arrangement of love this gracious plan given love by by love is the minute I become aware of presence and the shared presence the holiness of everything I encounter am I in time Am I time or am I timeless? You know, um, there's so many different ways to experience it, but um, I, I think the the most essential way for me to lose track of this bodily awareness is to share presence. And when I do, I embrace whatever it is—the situation, the circumstance, another person another thing, another place, another whatever it is. I embrace it with holiness and my awareness returns straight back to presence and everything there with me is the same. One time, I was driving down the street and it was like the street came into my car and I was was aware of so much love. I thought, this much love is incompatible with the body. Well, there you have it. (laughs) there you have it oh when I share love I'm not in time I'm in presence and uh, the idea of forgiveness is just gone because there's this singularity of of the thing we share together that's why this call is so precious to me every morning I am so, so grateful that we can share that thing which is more valuable than anything in the world. That one thing um, that takes us out of this world, the holiness. I find myself in you. I'm complete. <laughs>
2: Oh lovely, Lori. Thank you so much.
4: Thank you, Lori. I love that you said um, you know, you you spelt holiness w well with whole W H O L E, which includes all the parts. It's not excluding any of the parts. And also, emotions are energy in motion. They're not good, and they're not bad. They are just telling me what, where my focus is. So if my focus is with God or with the Holy Spirit, then I'm going to be inclusive and not judgmental if my focus is with my ego, then I'm going to judge the emotion, the the situation, whatever. <laughs> I'm just going to judge. Because, and, and I'm innocent for judging. It's But it, it's because I think it's going to keep me safe. I think somehow, somehow I've been programmed to think that if I talk about it enough, that it'll somehow keep me safe or make me part of or include... It, it's just... And, and the more I focus in on it, the bigger it gets. So, so each emotion for me is just a gift to show me. Where is my focus? And I can change my focus at any time. I can go paddleboarding. I can take a walk in nature. I can, you know, I, I can focus on the lessons in this book, which is frequently when I'm walking in nature, guess what I'm doing? I'm focusing on the lessons. When I'm paddleboarding, guess what I'm doing? I'm focusing on the lessons. So there's no negative emotions. I'm complete. Thank
1: you, Sandra.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Sandra, and thank you, (laughs) Laurie. Yeah, I was... I kind of like... I don't know. Maybe I just need to write it all down. (laughs) Work it out for myself. Um, But, yeah, I was given all this. I was like, looked at the section yesterday and thought, oh... How do I summarize that? And then I got its relationship, this thing of forgiving God, its relationship to the course of love, which makes the point that we have to forgive all of our particular judgments. Uh, Even if we try to broadcast them on everything, there's still particular to us, their specialists. Um, <clears throat> we have to forgive all them to understand that reality, the truly real, is relationship. And that and to not see relationship <laughs> as a cause for fear and judgment because the relationship it's talking about is this holy, relationship of wholeness and perfect inclusion. And so uh, this is this is indeed uh, I believe, the sense in which and, and uh, what's behind the or not behind, but in the lesson, the offer of the lesson for the day. God is my refuge and security. And uh, <laughs> I, I guess that of all the all the stuff that I see tied together, I just want to read one part of chapter six: uh, attack and fear and the uses of projection because uh, it makes a lovely turn from talking about the way the ego uses projection and the way the Holy Spirit uses it uh, more as extension of this wholeness and so (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's, it's just not going to let me shortcut this too much so it, it says there the Holy Spirit as well as the ego utilizes projection but since their goals are opposed so is the result <clears throat> the Holy Spirit begins and, and I've got to rip on this a little bit the Holy Spirit begins his projection by perceiving you as perfect. Knowing this perfection is shared, he recognizes it in others, thus strengthening it in both. Instead of anger, this arouses love for both because it establishes inclusion. Perceiving equality, the Holy Spirit perceives equal needs. This invites atonement automatically because atonement is the one need which in this world is universal. To perceive yourself this way is the only way in which you can find happiness in the world. That is because it is the acknowledgement that you are not of this world for the world is unhappy. How else can you find joy in a joyless place except by realizing that you are not there? You cannot be anywhere that God did not put you and God created you as part of Him. That is both where you are and what you are. It is completely unalterable. It is total inclusion. You cannot change it now or ever. It is forever true. It is not a belief but a fact. Anything that God creates is as true as He is. Its truth lies only in its perfect inclusion in him who alone is perfect. To deny this in any way is to deny yourself and him since it is impossible to accept one without the other. So just to wrap this up, the perfect equality of the Holy Spirit's perception is the counterpart of the perfect equality of God's knowing. The ego's perception has no counterpart in God, but the Holy Spirit remains the bridge between perception and knowledge. By enabling you to use perception in a way that parallels knowledge, you will ultimately meet it and know it. Your perception will end where it began. Everything meets in God because everything was created by Him and in Him. (laughs) I could could go on. Anyway, it's the loveliest section. Chapter 6, Attack and Fear, the Uses of Projection and how to... um, correct uh, the way we project specialness instead of inclusion. Thanks for listening (laughs) and thank you all for being here.
4: That was perfect. Thank you. I just said thank you. That was perfect. Thank you. Thank you, LeMoyne. That was.
3: Thank you, LeMoyne. That was just great. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Most excellent.
1: Thank you, Lemoyne.
0: Well, thank you all for listening. All who've been here listening, reading. Anyone who listens in the future, I'll end the recording here, but not the call. And on we go.